You are listening to the Calvary Church Podcast, where each episode features a life-transforming message that was previously recorded in one of our services. And now, let's join a service that's already in progress. Uh, Well, this month we have been studying the Beatitudes, and tonight I want to read them for you again, and we're going to focus on uh, Blessed are the Merciful. So let's read from Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 through 10. Blessed are the poor in spirit. You could probably quote this by now, couldn't you? Because we've been hearing this every week. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Tonight, here's where we're going to focus. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. And then blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Wow. Awesome, awesome verses, aren't they? Challenging, awesome verses. We've been studying, and this has been a wonderful series, very challenging to say the least. And so we have our ladder illustration back out here tonight that I did want to let you know up front that I will not be climbing this ladder. As Pastor Kristen so gracefully did last week, I asked Brother Forrest to please put the ladder out. He said, will you be climbing it? I said, no, sir, I will not. So here's the ladder, but I will not climb it tonight. I don't trust myself or the ladder, I can tell you that. But um, but uh, her point that she's been making every week, and I'm going to make it tonight, is that these Beatitudes are not isolated statements, but they really layer one on top of the other. And tonight when we get to Blessed Are the Merciful, we're going to see that it's layered on the ones that come before it. And one thing that I noticed as I was studying, I read this statement and it really impacted me, is that the ladder itself rests on the grace of God. It's the grace of God that helps all of us do any of these things. Do you agree with me? If it wasn't for the grace of God, we wouldn't be able to do any of these things because in ourselves, in our flesh, we're not made up that way. Do you agree? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I would fall far short of those things. But it's the grace of God in our lives. And that's what this ladder is propped up against, is God's working and giving us the power to do these things. Amen. So we looked at those who are poor in spirit. And we said, well, that first rung, to be poor in spirit, means to be emptied out of our pride, that we're letting go of our pride. And those who mourn, those are people who are sorry for their sins. And then those who are meek, those are people who are gentle and humble. And those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they seek after and they love what is right. And so tonight, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. These first four Beatitudes focus on the inner man, to be poor in spirit, to mourn, to be meek, to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Those are all things that I need to have going on inside of me. But this fifth uh, beatitude is a little bit different tonight. It's, uh, it's not focused so much on the inner man as it is what the man is going to do. Because this man or woman is going to be merciful. And that requires action. It's, uh, it's a byproduct of the Holy Spirit in, in our lives. And it made me think... I don't know that I'm a merciful person on my own. Uh, I don't know that I'm just 
made up of mercy. I, I'm a little bit more of like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps and get going. That's my old mentality, I think. Uh, okay, you can do it. What are you whining about? That's pretty much how I was raised. So I don't think mercy comes real natural for me. I have to find it in the Holy Ghost. Um, but remember that these Beatitudes are not how we are being saved, but it's because we are saved that we live this way, that we do these things. And as children of God, mercy should be part of our character. It should be who we are as people. Our beatitude tonight doesn't focus on the condition of the heart of the man, but it focuses on his actions. Blessed are the merciful. It means to be full of mercy. Well, mercy is not for yourself. It's for other people. When you have mercy, it's moving out from you. It's not on yourself. It's for others. Full of mercy, showing mercy, giving mercy. And this beatitude rests on all the rest. And I have received mercy, therefore I am merciful. This is an interesting statement by Don Wilson. God's mercy means his pity, his compassion, and kindness toward people. His mercy shows up in the believer's life at salvation. And then God continues to show mercy and forgiveness. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Do you remember the first time that you felt God's mercy applied to your life? Can you reach back in your memory, even if you were a child? I remember even as a child when I came to know the Lord, and I felt the mercy of God in my life because I realized, hey, I was a sinner, and I needed God's mercy if I was going to be saved. Do you have, can you remember that moment of mercy where you realized, hey, it's the mercy of God here that God is working in my life? Tim Chalice said, mercy is not something God owes to us. By definition, mercy cannot be owed but it is something God extends in kindness and grace to those who do not deserve it. Oh, aren't you glad? His mercy was flowing when you needed it. Amen. And Dr. David Jeremiah said, there's no empty on the mercy tank in heaven. Isn't that a good, isn't that wonderful? What if you woke up this morning and God was out of mercy? That would be a sad day, wouldn't it? (laughs) I venture to say some of us probably needed God's mercy today. And what if we woke up and he's like, I'm sorry, I'm out. No mercy. There's no mercy today. Oh, thank God it didn't happen. That he's full of mercy. That his mercies are new when every single morning when you wake up, there's enough mercy for you. Praise God for that. Amen. What does it mean to be merciful? It means to be compassionate either in word or in deed, especially by divine grace. It means to have compassion or pity on someone, to obtain or show mercy. So tonight I want to talk to you about five ways or five attributes of mercy. And uh, we're going to gauge ourselves and see how we're doing in these areas. Ready? The merciful show kindness to those in need. That's who the merciful are. The Lord does not acknowledge as one of his family someone who can see his brother in need and does nothing for him. 1 John 3.17 says, But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? The truly merciful think of those less fortunate. They think of them practically, and they give of their substance cheerfully. Listen, the poor will never cease to exist in this world. And the poor will never cease to exist in the church. So that's why there needs to be mercy. It's Christ's legacy to us. Consider the story of the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, listen to this, got more out of the poor man 
on the road to Jericho than the poor man got out of the Good Samaritan. Here's why. The Good Samaritan gave him wine and oil and enough money to cover his expenses. But we don't even know who that man was. But the Good Samaritan is known and preached about now for thousands of years. He made it into the scripture. Why? Because he was merciful. And so that's the legacy that we have as Christians. What kind of impact are we going to make on the world with our mercy? The blessing comes to those who give. Remember, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. I just want to say that I'm thankful there's a lot of practical ways at the Calvary Church to show mercy. There's a lot of ways you could get involved in ways that uh, show mercy to our city or people in the area. I want to say Serve City is a great way to show mercy. Uh, That's a life group which provides a monthly meal at a homeless shelter in Hamilton. That's a great way to show mercy. Or Soul Ministry. Uh, It's a life group which partners with area churches to help those in need in Springdale. How about this? Fixer Upper. Excuse me. Excuse me. Fixer Upper. Try and say that fast. Fixer Upper. Yes. It's a life group which provides practical maintenance and repairs for people who are in need. No, don't. Princeton's Closet. We collect food for area families in the Princeton School District. And if you want to help with that and you have food you'd like to give, non-perishable or things that doesn't matter if they freeze right now. There's a collection box that's on the uh, the walkway at the end of the building. There's a bench there with a collection box, and you can drop off food anytime. Or listen, as God leads you, be compassionate and help somebody in need. And I'm going to get choked up when I say this, but now I've been at Calvary almost 20 years. That's hard to believe that I've been here almost 20 years. Um, but I can't, I can't even count the number of times where people in this church have been compassionate to me. I, I couldn't even start to tell you where you wouldn't even have known what our needs were as a family, but someone come and put some money in my hand or say, hey, I want you to spend this on your kids or take care of something. That's the body of Christ. That's how sometimes you just have to wait for the Lord to prompt you. And when he does, you should answer that prompt because you have no idea how much impact that could make in the life of someone, both inside this church and out. You could text or call somebody. You could help with a meal or bring some food. You could write a card with encouraging words. Really, it's practical help of any kind. That's what it means to be merciful. Amen. Second attribute, the merciful have compassion for the downcast. The worst ill in the world is not poverty, Charles Spurgeon said. The worst of ills is a depressed spirit. There are people who suffer with heartache and anxiety and pressure in life. And the Bible commands us to be merciful to them. The pandemic has magnified that, hasn't it? The pressure that sits on all of us with this pandemic, it's like, will this ever end? You feel this weight of it. And there's a lot of people that have borne a lot because of it. Because of their heaviness, the downcasts are subject to bondage. They fear they were never really saved or that they've fallen from grace and they are full of trouble. Sometimes we avoid people who are downcast because we don't know quite how to bring them hope and cheer. But let me challenge you to operate in the Holy Ghost and do not be afraid if someone is suffering to bring hope and cheer to their lives. God will help you. It's better to say I love you than to be silent. Amen. 
Isaiah 35, 4 says, strengthen ye the weak hands. Isaiah 41 and 2 says, comfort ye, comfort ye my people. Jesus sought after what was wounded. Jesus bound up what was broken. Jesus healed what was sick. And he brought in what was driven away. And we should imitate Christ. I thought about Celebrate Recovery. I think I saw uh, Tammy and Sean. What a great way to show mercy on people who need it, who are looking for help out of their situations. What a great way to show mercy. Why? Because not everybody has a perfect life. (laughs) Not everybody has a perfect past. Not everybody has everything they need to make it in life. And Celebrate Recovery is a great way to be merciful. I recently saw this and I thought it had merit for tonight. When a flashlight grows dim or quits working, you don't just throw it away. You change the batteries. When a person messes up and finds themselves in a dark place, do you cast them aside? Of course not. You help them change their batteries. Some need double A. That would be attention and affection. Some might need triple A. That would be attention, affection, and acceptance. Some people need C, which is compassion, and there are some people which need D, and that's direction. If they still don't seem to shine, simply sit beside them quietly and share your light. Yeah, we don't cast away people who are down. The merciful look for those who need encouragement. Luke 6.36 says, Be ye therefore merciful, how? As your Father also is merciful. As God is merciful, you should be merciful. And this, this beatitude is unique in that all the other beatitudes, if you do this, if you have this certain characteristic, you will gain something else. You know, blessed are the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. But this, this beatitude is unique because it says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. It's the only one that what you're giving out is the same thing that's what coming, is coming back to you. And I think that speaks to the fact that we all need mercy. It's the law of sowing and reaping. The third attribute uh, of the merciful person is the merciful people have full forgiveness. A story is told of a certain governor in Georgia Mr. in Mr. Wesley's day, who said that he would have his servant on board his vessel flogged for drinking his wine. When Mr. Wesley entreated that the man might be pardoned on that occasion, the governor said, it is no use, Mr. Wesley. You know, sir, I never forgive. Well then, sir, said Mr. Wesley, I hope you know that you will never be forgiven, or else I hope that you have never sinned. Hmm. <laughs> So until we stop sinning, we must, we must never talk of not forgiving. Because guess what? As long as you're sinning, you need forgiving. <laughs> and you need to give forgiveness because that's what you need is forgiveness. So we need to pour it out. One of the most powerful stories of forgiveness is found in the Bible is from the life of Joseph. And I read this again this afternoon, and I thought to myself, wow, that guy had a lot to deal with. Uh, After initially plotting murder against him, his brothers settled for selling him to a caravan of traders bearing goods through Canaan to Egypt. When I was reading the story today, I could just see Joseph on the back of that wagon riding off 
after having been sold to these people and his brothers all standing there watching him ride off in the distance. And something made me angry. (laughs) I thought to myself, I would have been very mad. I don't know how I would have felt on that at that moment, but he was a very young man when this happened to him. Can you imagine your family turning on you like that? All of them? And then putting you away and you just had to go? Man, he had a lot to deal with. <laughs> there was a lot going on. The merchants, in turn, sold Joseph to Potiphar. So now he's sold again, who was the captain of the guard and officer of Pharaoh. And Joseph endured years in prison and hardship away from his family. And eventually, through a whole wonderful series of things that happened, you can read it in Genesis 44, eventually he ends up face-to-face with his family, with his brothers again. Can you imagine what that day would have been like after all those years not seeing his brothers? And here they are face-to-face with him. I want to read for you Genesis 45, 1 through 8. Then Joseph could not restrain himself. This is when he is finally with all of his brothers. He could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. So he put everybody out of the room. Then the Bible says, And he wept aloud. I can't imagine the emotion of that moment. He wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. They thought, oh, wow, we have it coming to us, and we're about to get it. (laughs) And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near, and then he said, I am Joseph, your brother, who you sold into Egypt. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. For these two years the famine has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. And God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here. It was God. Wow. (laughs) Wow. I mean, I I can't even imagine the mindset and the grace that that man had. He had full forgiveness. Here should be our mindset. I myself am imperfect. I live with imperfect people. So be it. Ready? I want you to repeat after me. Ready? No, that's, we want that back, because I want them to repeat that. <laughs> I have been worse to God than you have been to me, so I will let it go. Well, let's say that again. I have been worse to God than you have been to me, so I will let it go. Sometimes we hang on to things. And all it's doing is causing hurt inside of us. But when we think about all that we've been forgiven, we can look at other people and say, you know what? I can let this go. This is very deep tonight. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. The best way to live, Spurgeon said, is to always have one blind eye and one deaf ear. (laughs) Don't see it. Don't hear it. Don't deal with it. 
A lack of full forgiveness has cemented family disagreements. It has broken up churches. It's magnified the devil, and it's dishonored God. So I want to be a person who's merciful, and I'm just going to let it go. You're forgiven. Mm, Hard words to say, but so freeing. Number four, the merciful show great mercy toward those who are not yet saved or those who are coming back to Christ. The merciful show great mercy toward those who are not yet saved or those who are coming back to Christ. Luke seven thirty six through 49, I want to just read this story to you from the scripture. A Pharisee invited Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to the Pharisee's home and got ready to eat. When a sinful woman in that town found out that Jesus was there, she bought an ex- brought an expensive bottle of perfume. Then she came and stood behind Jesus. She cried and started washing his feet with her tears and drying them with her hair. The woman kissed his feet and poured the perf- perfume on them. The Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this and said to himself, If this man were really a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. He would know she's a sinner. Jesus said to the Pharisee, Simon, I have something to say to you. Teacher, what is it? Simon replied. Jesus told him two people were in debt to a moneylender. One of them owed him 500 silver coins and the other owed him 50. Since neither of them could pay him back, the moneylender said that they didn't have to pay him anything. Which one of them will be will like him more? Simon answered, I suppose it would be the one who had owed more and didn't have to pay it back. You are right, Jesus said. He turned to the woman and said to Simon, Have you noticed this woman? When I came into your home, you didn't give me any water so I could wash my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and dried them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You didn't even pour olive oil on my head, but she has poured expensive perfume on my feet. So I tell you that all her sins are forgiven, and that is why she has shown great love. But anyone who has been forgiven for only a little will show only a little love. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Simon and the other Pharisees felt, such people have put themselves out of favor in society, so let them stay out. If they've gone astray, let them suffer for it. If they've messed up, let them pay the price. Jesus said, that is not how we operate here. We operate in mercy. The merciful Christian is not one who shuts anybody out. The Calvary Church is for any person. It does not matter what they have done or where they have come from. Because the mercy of God is big enough to touch any life and bring that person into relationship with Jesus. And the blood of Christ is strong enough to cover any sin. And so as a church, we have to be merciful. When someone comes in and they're not like us, we need to embrace them. (laughs) We need to love them unconditionally and not judge them. Why? Because the mercy of God is big for them. Amen. Amen. Calvary needs to be a church for everybody. We should be happy when we meet people who have fallen away. Hallelujah. Oh, God, help us to be that way. Amen. Amen. Number five, the merciful show mercy for the character of others. 
Here's the question. Do you believe the bad reports you hear about other people? Do you delight in those reports? Could we adopt this position? I won't believe it unless I'm forced to do so. If you hear something bad about someone, just say, I don't believe it. No, I don't believe it. It might be true. It doesn't matter if it's true. I don't want to believe it. (laughs) I want to give that person the benefit of the doubt. Character, have you ever heard the term character assassination? Have you ever heard that term? That's a strong term, but it's speaking against the character of others. And the Bible says we shouldn't even do that. Uh, I don't know if this is true, but I heard, hmm, I really think we need to pray for her because you'll never believe what I heard about her. You'll never believe it. We should pray for her. (laughs) We bless God in others when we do not repeat negative things about our fellow man or woman. I may have heard it, but I will not repeat it. That's my position. Amen. Because the merciful show mercy for the character of others. Some people are like this. Oh, yes, the sun is very bright and beautiful. But did you know that the sun has spots? (laughs) Many excellent people in the world and in the church have spots. So let us not be the spot finders. Well, praise the Lord. Pastor Kristen will be back next week. And the next... (laughs) And the next beatitude is happy. (laughs) Proverbs chapter 16, verse 28 says, A perverse man sows strife, and a whisperer separates the best of friends. How, How can you show mercy? By protecting the character of others. By not allowing someone to speak against them. Proverbs 17, 9 says, he who covers a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates friends. These are good old proverbs, aren't they? (laughs) Proverbs to live by. And then Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, which my mother quoted to me many times, and I had to memorize. Let no corrupt, uh, King James says communication, uh, no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. My mother had this memorized. She did. (laughs) It was committed to memory. And when we would start, she would be in, you know, repetition mode. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for the necessary for edification that it may give grace to the hearers and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. (laughs) I can hear my mother's voice calmly saying that to me (laughs) and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. How? Even as God in Christ forgave you. That's the model. Wow. This is a big beatitude, isn't it? (laughs) Mercy is a quality of God and one that God requires of his people. So what, what do you think? Do you show kindness to people in need? Do you have compassion for those who are down? Do you completely forgive other people? completely? Do you show mercy to those who don't know Christ? Do you openly welcome those who are returning to Christ? And do you protect the character of others? Hmm. All right, we can do this. 
Yes, we can, because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Now, um, actually, I'm a little ahead of schedule, but you probably had enough of this Bible study. (laughs) You don't need any more points, do you? I'm sure five is enough on this one. So we're going to move to our ab time a little early tonight, and that will be just fine, I think. We have a lot to consider when we think about being merciful, so here are two questions we want to discuss tonight. Is there a time in your life where you were shown mercy? I'm sure everybody can find one, at least. And is there one of these areas of being merciful that we discussed tonight that you feel like, hmm, that's the one I probably need to work on because that one is just not natural for me. So we've got two questions tonight for our app time, so I hope you can find somebody near you to talk about, discuss a time in your life where someone showed you mercy, and then which area do you think you want to tackle and work on a little bit? All right, it's app time. Let's find someone to share with. You had enough time? No, not enough time. I'm sorry. The music's over. (laughs) Mercy. Oh, mercy. We need it, don't we? We need it every day. Mercy is the quality in God that directs him to forge a relationship with his people who absolutely do not deserve to be in a relationship with him. How is it that you're even in a relationship with an incredible holy God? It's his mercy. A few months ago, Pastor Ellis preached a couple messages on mercy, and he preached one on the mercy seat, which if you haven't, uh, weren't here or didn't hear that message, you should go back and listen to it because, wow, it, it was very impacting about the mercy of God. Aren't you glad that God is full of mercy, that that is in his character, that he doesn't look at us with disgust sometimes and say, wow, I can't believe you blew it again. But he's right there with mercy, ready to embrace us. No, God does not say that. Amen. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Why? That we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. That that it's the mercy of God that we can come boldly to God. Why? Because God's mercy is all over us, giving us the power to do it. When I read this verse, I thought this is a great way to end this Bible study and challenge us as people today. This is Jesus' description of the day of judgment. This is what Jesus said would be said on the judgment day. And I'd like to be a person he could say this to. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food.
That's merciful. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. That's merciful. I was a stranger, and you took me in. That's merciful. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Amen. Those are the words he's going to say on the judgment day. Oh, these are the merciful ones. Amen. Lord, help me to be that person, full of mercy. Amen. It's time to put mercy into action. Those first four were about, they were about what's going on inside of you. Now we're on rung number five. It's time to show those things to the world and give mercy. Do you know anybody who needs some mercy? I bet you do. Maybe you need mercy tonight. Let me tell you that the mercy of God is flowing for you. And Lord, let it flow through me. Amen. Let's pray together. God, thank you so much for your mercy. It was fresh this morning. It's been flowing in my life. God, as long as I can remember, and I'm so thankful for it. I'm thankful for the day that I realized I needed your mercy. And when I did, it was there for me. Hallelujah. God, it's your mercy that saves us. It's your mercy that keeps us. And God, help us as people that are filled with you and your spirit to model that character to the world and be merciful. I know there are people in our lives who need mercy from us. So God, let it just flow from us and let that be a representation of who you are. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. So God, I want to be giving out mercy because I'm sure I'm going to need it before too long. I want it flowing back into my life. I thank you for your word and the challenge it brings to us. Help us to be your people, God, those that bring glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. This podcast was brought to you by the Calvary Church in Cincinnati, Ohio. For more information about the Calvary Church, please visit our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Consider joining us for a service where you will find friendly people, high-energy music, and life-transforming preaching and teaching from a biblical worldview. You can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or on our website at www.thecalvarychurch.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.